Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we have someone on our podcast that both Daniela and I absolutely admire. We have Haven. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> this isn't a typical Thrifters Villa guest episode. We really want to get into the nitty gritty of various ways to resell, handbag and leather rehabbing, and much more. And to add to that, there has been quite a bit of talk on the community about some platform changes on the heavy hitter websites. And we just want to sit down and use this episode to kind of share some other ways that you could be making sales. You know, guys, Hadrian's experience is completely unmatched, and we really can't wait to sit down, share experiences, and learn from one another. We will see you at the table. Welcome, Hadrian, yes, to the Villa. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So excited we're to we're have so here. excited too. <laughs> I don't know if we you have a celebrity on. <laughs> we do. I'm like I'm I'm, I'm sweating over here. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adrian, some people are listening and might have no idea who you are. So, we're going to give you this opportunity to kind of share a little bit about yourself, how you got into reselling and all that fun stuff. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Adrian and I Okay, started kind of my journey like around like maybe seven years ago is what I want to say. It's around seven. And I never was into thrifting. Um, I was always into like deals and seals, you know, like growing up with the Filipino yeah. mom. Like all we yeah. ever, she's always like, we're only shopping at sales. Oh, yeah. Like she's always trying to like, you know, <laughs> save a buck everywhere. But um, never really into thrifting. I honestly thought everything was haunted because of my grandma it's like, it's like such a cultural <laughs> thing I totally understand yeah, yeah. that because my, like my grandma's like say the same thing like the energy of that yeah. person is yes. in that stuff yep. yeah 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 like like my grandma would tell me like everything was haunted like don't like like I'm so I was always just like oh like I was just scared you know but I know, it was yep. weird but um then I had a friend that introduced me to thrifting and I went to a Goodwill literally the first thing that I found was okay I walked into the back of the store just like not knowing where anything was you know and my first time there they brought out a cart and it was back when they used to make announcements at the Goodwill like oh we're bringing out a cart oh, and then yeah, you know you can yeah. go check out the like, remember back in the olden days like <laughs> yeah. the good old days when you can just like, the shop girl, the cart, they when they were kind to you yeah and let you go yeah, <laughs> yeah. now they tell and you like, don't touch the cart yeah <laughs> yeah now you can't touch anything till like they physically lift it out of the cart and put it on the shelf and like everyone's just following <laughs> yes. them around Mm-hmm. So yeah, what did I find on that cart though was a pair of Chanel shoes. No way! And, oh yeah, it, it, ever <laughs> since then I've just been hooked. I was like obsessed. Yeah. I was like, I found Chanel shoes. Like this is amazing, and it had I them mean, authenticated. They were real. It was. Oh my god! That's wild. That was my find? first experience. Right? <laughs> if that was my first experience thrifting, I would, I would, I don't know what I would do. I would just be like, "Well, I guess uh, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life." So, <laughs> oh my yeah. god! That's and I was just blown away. Like, I, well, you could find a thrift store. So, I was, ever since then, I've been obsessed. And yeah. then that was before I started my YouTube channel. And then, like a, a little bit after I started thrifting, I was like, I need to like share this to the world. Like, I didn't know anything about thrifting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really like really big on social media or anything like that. Like. I had an Instagram that I didn't use. Um, I barely even watched YouTube like that much at all. And then I was like, I should start a YouTube channel and like record myself thrifting and showing what I find. Da, 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 da. And that's how I started thrifting. And then a little bit after I started my channel, people would like 
send messages or comments or whatever and they're like oh like are you gonna sell this thing that you found and I was like I can sell stuff and (laughs) (laughs) I was like you guys want to buy this stuff like like, the light bulb went off huh (laughs) yeah and then I was just like okay and then that kind of started me into reselling um I started on Poshmark Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. Mercari and then I landed in Depop Yes. And then I was on Depop for a while, still am. And then I started my um, my live sales on YouTube, which is pretty much where I'm at right now with like reselling wow. and stuff. That's absolutely amazing. I cannot. Are you predominant? Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I'm just, over I still can't. This entire episode. We, oh, we do that a lot. I'm really sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I was just saying. I just cannot believe that that was like your luck that you found that it was like the heavens like parted and it was like <laughs> there they were. Yeah. And everything and so it was like it was just meant to be, right? Um, but no, that would that's super interesting mm-hmm. backstory. Like it's very very different where it's like you just really went in for it for just like let me see what happens yeah. and then okay, this is fun. And then it just started snowballing from there. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I, yeah. I still can't believe that Chanel was like the first thing that I found. Of course, that's the goodwill. <laughs> that is, that is, I, I, I don't even have any words. It was, that's just yeah. great. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do want to say it, it's interesting that um, you said that YouTube is kind of like your main thing. Is that like what you predominantly sell period or besides Depop? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really amazing. How yeah. often do you do your live sales, Adrian? Mm-hmm. Uh, my live sales are every Friday and Saturday night at 10 p.m. is the better time. Wow. And I know it's they're really late. Dead. It's like kind of like that QVC type thing shopping the at night. QVC. <laughs> oh my God. Please tell me that like your mom goes on there and she's like modeling the handbags or something. Oh no, she's like so shy. <laughs> no, she's, all, she's actually always texting me during the lives because she forgets that I have them and she's always like trying to ask me something or show me something. So it's really that funny. I'm so like, mom, I'm in a live. And she's like, oh, tell them I said hi. <laughs> Your mom is adorable. Yes, yes. We love your mom. We love your whole family. (laughs) Your little Uh, nephews. Um, I I did want to kind of start off with handbags because that's kind of how I learned about you was handbags and mm -hmm. your love for them and your ability to find great pieces and then your rehabbing, your rehabbing of handbags. So I guess let's just start off with um, what made you lean into handbags more than maybe some other items that are in the thrift store? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, my mom's always been a big collector of handbags first. Like I grew up with her, like, Oh, like I just got this new bag da, 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 and we go shopping, you know, stuff like that. And what's really funny is that like, when I was in college, when I first, like, yeah, when I first graduated high school in college and my mom would, I told you guys about how she always wants to deal. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she would like try to take advantage of me being old enough to go to work. And she's like, oh, you should get a job here so I can get a discount. So like, <laughs> I, I, so, like, I was like, when I first started working, I was like, I really want to get a job at Borders. I love books and I'm like a really <laughs> big book nerd. And I promise I'm going to get to the point, but. <laughs> oh, you're but, fine, um, don't worry. Your time. <laughs> take your time, yep. She, then she was like, you should get a job at Pottery Barn because I want to get new furniture and I was just like smart woman okay because she was like she was at Pottery Barn she was talking to one of the ladies that worked there and she's like oh yeah like everyone that works here is literally part-time unless you're like a manager or something and everyone's just working here for a discount and then she was like you she was like you should work and I was like you don't want to work there she's like no she's like you can work there and I was like (laughs) okay so I got a job there 
And then a few months later, she's like, you should get a job at Best Buy. And then I was like, okay. And she's like, I want to get new like appliances. But she was like, we're going to like redo like the floors of the house and we're going to redo the kitchen. She's like, I want to get a new fridge. Yeah, literally. (laughs) So like I was literally working at Borders. I was working at Pottery Barn. I was working at Best Buy and I was going to school full time. And then, oh I feel that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and then, like, once the house was renovated, um, got the furniture, but all that. And then she's moved on to something else. And she's like, oh, I really want to get, like, this handbag. Da, da, da. And she's like, you should get a job working in the handbag department at, like, a department store or something. And I was like, okay. And then, so then I did. You're such a good son. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, so then, like, I was working in handbags. I was uh, a designer handbag specialist at a major department store. And then, yeah, that's how I learned about handbags in the first place. So that's, gotcha. like, how I know, like, all the brands. I know. Um, I knew how to authenticate pretty much, like, if we carried it in the store, like, I had to go through, like, special training in the store yeah. to be able to recognize mm-hmm. things because they would be, people would try to return fake and all that. So that was, like, a huge thing. Yeah uh so that's how I learned about handbags but then I got into handbags because of my mom so gotcha, that is gotcha. how I learned. just like spotting handbags now just like second nature I was just like oh I know what that is by looking at it or touching the leather you can just tell yeah. yeah that's what I was gonna say I I really appreciate your videos when you go through the handbag section and you really do talk about like what are you looking for like touch feel color even sometimes like the smell of like the leather or whatever it is you know oh you yeah really the smell of the leather that. that's a dead giveaway too mm-hmm. yeah like good yeah. leather smell like good leather for sure mm-hmm. absolutely but I feel like that's where I know for me you know I started getting more education on that because you do talk about all using all your different senses right when it comes mm-hmm. to going in, into the handbag department and and even I remember I even remember giving this tip that you always said where you can even feel the weight right the weight of yeah. the bags even yeah. like a weighty you know? bag usually means it's more expensive just because you can feel like the heft of like yeah everything that goes into it exactly mm-hmm. exactly so true I also think it's it's um insightful that you said that you can recognize because you worked in the handbag industry for so long you can recognize bags just by the way that they may appear whether it be a structural thing or something I've noticed over time um, because of thrifting that I can spot certain brands without even going mm-hmm. near it, just mm-hmm. looking through the rack. I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's X brand and then go up to yeah. it. And then it is that, you know, or noticing like, oh, that looks similar to such and such a brand. And then it's a dupe or, you know, whatever it is. But I think as time goes on, so for our listeners that may be newer to sourcing handbags, some people stay away from handbags. There's, there are two categories people tend to stay away from and it's handbags and shoes because mm-hmm. of the work that it may require or the authentication process that it may require. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that the more that you do it and the more comfortable you get with learning about the different brands and construction and, and what makes a good bag, a good bag, mm-hmm. it becomes easier to walk through these aisles and kind of just without having to look through every single one that's on the rack and just right. really have a good yeah. idea of what you should be looking for, you know? Yeah. And another reason why I like love handbags is that like anyone can wear a handbag. Like it's not size nope. specific or anything nope. like that. So mm-hmm. it's not like, it's only like, it's like, a, not like a shoe or like, a shirt or whatever that's size constricting so that's what I really like about handbags yeah you can like really your audience is very very large 
right? Mm-hmm. So you're not like restricting yourself, right? That that actually does make a lot of sense too. I never really even thought about that way because yeah, you can always wear a handbag no matter <laughs> no matter what size, no matter what you're feeling like, no matter <laughs> what you're wearing. Exactly. You always got to throw on a bag, right? To go out. So that's a good point. What or do you point. do you stick to specific categories when it comes to selling, Adrian? Not to go back to that, but like handbags, we know is your thing. You'll you do mm-hmm. shoes as well. Are there other categories that you'll dabble into that you feel comfortable selling? I'll sell anything. As long as, <laughs> like I, I love that even, answer. <laughs> like before, like before in the lives, I pretty much stuck to just the wallets and handbags and um, sometimes shoes or mm-hmm. like just like leather goods in general. Sometimes I had belts. And yeah. recently I just like started like um, throwing in some clothes because I always thrift clothing and if it doesn't fit, like I, I thrift them with like a family member in mind. And then if it ends up yeah. fitting mm-hmm. them or something, I'll be like, okay. So then I'll usually like send it to my family in the Philippines or whatever. But um, I don't know. It's like sometimes I just, I just love going through the clothing and like finding really cool pieces. And I was like, well, I'm just going to throw in some clothes during the live sales. And like, I think of all the clothing pieces that I started showing recently I think I've sold maybe like 85% of the things that I've showed like clothing wise which is pretty wow. cool wow yeah I didn't think that like, people really would good. like yeah I didn't think people would like really get into the clothing as much because like usually people just their shop for like handbags and wallets and stuff so yeah. I was really excited when I started putting clothes into the mix and it was doing pretty well and that was just That's within the really past great. like few weeks like, really yeah. interesting mm-hmm. see yeah that is really interesting because yeah you would think with lives like the bag would make more sense or the shoe would make more yeah. sense or, and like, I'm like said, literally like this. none of these clothes fit me and I'm just like look at this dress you have a good reputation I know but you have a good reputation and people trust you so you I do. think that goes mm-hmm. a long way too even when you are mixing in different categories if people mm-hmm. know you as a seller and what you deliver they'll buy anything from you and your authentication process too you know yeah. I feel like yeah. when you when you show your videos you go into the details right and you're like I'm checking mm. this piece I'm not just like oh it's a you know a Dior piece and it's like well wait let me go through all the details is it real is it and, and I think that it just shows your knowledge you know and so people do trust you and what you're selling and that's always really really important too especially when you're doing a live right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so handbags okay now a lot of people that, that we speak to or that send us messages tell us that they stay away from certain handbags or, or shoes. So they kind of go hand in hand because of the rehab that it requires, the cleaning that it requires and not knowing where to start. And what if I ruin it and all this kind of stuff. So what would you, what would you say to someone who is struggling with that aspect of selling handbags or shoes where it may require a little bit of TLC, like maybe require mm-hmm. soaking it. People hate that. People do not oh, like it when so we say you can soak oh, bags. Like bag. soaking the coach bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people I still have. I honestly haven't done it yet. I haven't tried it. I'm just like, <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Just like thinking about throwing your handbag or your all leather bag into water, but like, I know it works. Like I know so many people that do it and do it mm-hmm. so, do so it. well, like hello, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm scared of like, I'm scared of like, I, I'm still scared of stuff too, even though I, like, I rehab like a lot of stuff. Yeah. I promise this year I'm going to try it, but I haven't gone there yet. But um, what I like to say is like, start small, like start mm-hmm. with something like that's not crazy. Um, and something like if you find like a vintage coach bag I feel like that's like always like the best way to start especially with yes. the black vintage coach mm-hmm. bags mm-hmm. so you can practice your conditioning on it 
um, mm -hmm. there's different leather conditioners. Honestly, a leather conditioner can go such a long way because sometimes Absolutely. the bag will look like such a hot mess, right? And then all it needs is a little conditioner and like it literally looks like a brand new bag. It was so, just thirsty. She was just thirsty. Yeah, <laughs> like like when your skin gets ashy and you have yes. like a white cast on it, that mm -hmm. happens to handbags too. All it needs is a little moisture and then bam, the color is back and it looks supple and amazing. That's what's great too about like vintage like bags that are made out of really good leathers yeah. mm -hmm. like all it needs sometimes is just a little conditioner and then it's going to be back and like the materials that they use is just like like so good that they last they withstand the test of time and they just need a little bit of something so i always just start small little leather conditioner and then um if you're brave like get a black bag that um that you might need to dye or something and i always <laughs> say get that kiwi black leather shoe dye Mm -hmm. that stuff is amazing and works wonders and like once you like gain a little confidence I feel like you'll just be like really into it I think I too, I, yeah the, the results are just so instant you know when you see mm -hmm. and it's just so gratifying to to watch a piece that so many people just passed over because it just like you said it was dry or you know what I mean it's just like the color wore down a little bit and it's something where mm -hmm. it's such an easy fix I even tell people too if they're really scared like just get a cheap leather bag like a random brand or something that you that you don't know or whatever you know that mm -hmm. you don't think you're going to sell just to practice on too mm -hmm. you know like if you get something for like a dollar like what's the what's the harm right if you end up ruining it kind of thing at least exactly. it's something to practice on right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I Absolutely. love that you mentioned coach too because a, I think the coach market is enormous right now, especially vintage coach. There is such a market for it. Everyone's looking for it. Even coach itself is promoting it now, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. they're like, they're reselling bone vintage bags. So it's crazy how much they're selling them for. Yeah, like, it is. And price. it makes me like second guess myself. I'm like, should I be pricing this higher? <laughs> because I'm like, I literally have the same exact bag in the same exact condition. And I'm like selling it for like $5. Yeah. And they're selling it for like 500. It's wild. And I saw that they also, um, they have like different artists that I'm assuming they contract out that like do designs on these vintage bags and then like, mm -hmm. they upcycle it basically. And it's really, really nice how they do that. But I think when I think of rehabbing bags or one of my first, I guess, experiences of rehabbing a bag was a coach vintage bag. And I feel like there's just something about the leather of the vintage coach bags that really is gratifying when you're rehabbing yeah. and it gives you such a good positive experience experience because you you really don't need to do that much work to them you, yeah. I don't know vintage coach bags are so resilient right like it's yes like, of all yeah. the brands I feel like the vintage coach bags are like the most satisfying and you That's can learn so much about the about handbags just from a vintage coach bag between like the hardware that they use the way they construct the bag the interior there's just you, a vintage coach bag will teach you a lot about handbags and handbags and just they were kind of like mm -hmm. the founders of like that style of leather like just leather that's what they were known for was their leather and mm -hmm. everything i think people forget that um coach was just valued very differently when it first came out with bonnie yeah. cashin and everything like it was it was elite you know yeah. it evolved over time yeah. uh and it's become something different but uh yeah i i just that was my first experience with vintage coach bag which i have soaked i have done the soaking method with the coach bag i know it scares people this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, 
as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Um, but it, it did make a difference. I've done it with a Chloe bag, which scared me the most because it was, oh, yeah, yeah, I Chloe. soaked it. Mm-hmm. I soaked <laughs> Chloe. That was going to actually be one of my next questions. So go ahead, Danielle, finish up yeah. your story. <laughs> so I soaked a Chloe and um, I had to soak it multiple times and I rehabbed it. Like the, I rehabbed the hardware. I rehabbed the leather. I rehabbed everything because it was in rough condition. Um, and I used it for a while and I sent it to thread up and they actually sold it the way that I rehabbed it. And I made $200 off of it. So, I mean, what kind of clothing bag was it? Was it like a Paddington or a Paddington? Yep. It was a Paddington. Wow. (laughs) Very classic. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, what I wanted to ask is because, yeah, Hadrian, you not only rehab, you know, like coach bags or Kate Spade bags, but you also rehab very high luxury bags too. I've seen you dye coach uh, I've seen you dye Chanel bags I've seen mm-hmm. you with like Celine's with all these really expensive handbags so when you're doing that process and you are doing a luxury bag are you a little bit more nervous than like say if you were rehabbing something that I, you might find I more often be, okay I used to mm-hmm. be really really nervous about yeah. doing, but now it's just like anything else honestly <laughs> like I just kind of got used to it gotcha. and um especially recently I've been doing a lot more of um color matching and Mm -hmm. I have been um and a thing that I have been obsessed with is you know like metallic leather bags they always have a tendency to like fade or like they have like that weird fading yeah I have been obsessed with like fixing up metallic leather bags so like I recently just did a Chanel wallet in like this metallic bronze I did a Gucci in a metallic silver and Wow. It's been so much fun. It's, okay, can like, we talk about like, that? It's a fun challenge. Yeah. <laughs> can we talk about how you color match? Like, how does one do that? Because I've been wanting to do that with a couple of my own personal pieces that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you go about color matching? Okay, well, um, okay, so color matching, I use acrylic paint, acrylic leather paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I just will choose the color. Like, it also helps if you have a color wheel. Like you can buy like a color wheel. Good point. But I don't really point. use one because I'm a little lazy. Like I just like <laughs> want to just do it myself. I don't know why I'm weird. Like it honestly probably takes more time, but I kind of got used to it. Yeah. Um, and first I will start off um, getting to like a color that is closest to whatever um, mm-hmm. like blue or red or pink. And then it's just like, is that pink color more purple? Is it more blue? Is it more red? And then mm-hmm. like, I'll just like slowly add in different colors until I kind of get it to... Um, gotcha. the color that it is and gotcha. it's weird too that acrylic paints um sometimes when they dry they dry exactly the same yeah sometimes they dry a little lighter a little yeah. darker gotcha. so I literally sit there and I'll just like paint a little portion of the bag I have my heat done I just like dry it up and then if it doesn't work like little just a little leather conditioner it'll wipe off like really easily as long as you do it like right after so you don't okay. have to be scared when you're color matching because if you're not getting the right color honestly right. you just wipe it away and it's gone like it's not it's, it's mm-hmm. only if you let it cure for a while will it actually stick on mm-hmm. like regular so that's like kind of like my process just like a little like experimentation like be like a mad scientist trying to do the colors like, <laughs> I was that, say, that, it's like a it's science like experiment <laughs> yeah I feel like that person on tiktok that makes like colored that is color matching with the yeah. <laughs> like with yep. a handbag and it's like sitting there like trying to and then when you get that perfect shade it's just so mm-hmm. satisfying 
and then after that it's like just like I feel like it's so quick like I feel like color matching takes the longest but I feel like it's the most satisfying yeah super super interesting wow I can't believe that you you do that yourself that's 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 crazy yeah that is definitely mad scientist level I love it (laughs) but um, the metallic thing is interesting to me because I stay away from metallic leathers that way because I'm like I can't fix this right Right. like um Angelus makes a really good metallic paint Mm -hmm. and what's Ah. funny is that a lot of metallic leathers like the paints just already match you don't really mm. have to mix too much like a lot of the mm. light silvers mm-hmm. almost all of them are the exact same match already for really? the silver yeah. so like honestly it's so easy and it's just paint over it it's just like regular like it's really fast well now i'm yeah. just gonna buy metallic paint I yeah so. metallic I'm paint, add to my collection metallic bags. that's all i've been doing recently just like i just want to do metallic bags i think it's so much fun <laughs> yeah well yeah that's because awesome. that's something that fades so easily so. yeah and it's like a, and it's an opportunity to grab something that most people wouldn't grab right yeah. too because yeah. they're just like i'm not going to deal with that i don't know mm-hmm. how to deal with that right yeah plus metallic so, are in so just yep, yeah very much <laughs> so then when you rehab these bags to hadrian last last question right that i have about this do you disclose this type of stuff when oh, you're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I know we get people asking that kind of question, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. That's also another question. Yeah. Do you disclose that you, you know, that it was repaired, that the mm-hmm. color match. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Like if I just condition have- it, like that's not like anything that I'll disclose is like, right. We condition, but like, if it's something like if I touched up the color or if I like rehab the color, or if I just painted a whole different color, then of course, I'll always just like leave it, uh, write a little something or um, during the live, I'll be like, oh, this is the one that I fixed up. Da, da, da. I even have before and after photos and people really <laughs> like it. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that customers, have has a customer ever like come back and said, or been negative about it or said anything about it, like the paint didn't last or whatever it was, or have you always had positive experiences? I, I've only ever had positive experiences with anything that Good I- didn't know. I've, I've like tested all the paints out and stuff and the dyes myself. Yes. So like I, and then like I've, I've used like the items for like at least a year, like with like the different dyes and paints that I've used and they've all mm-hmm. held up. Like, um, I don't know if you guys remember like that black Chanel wallet that I dyed, yes. black, like I dyed from pink to black. Yeah, from pink to black. Yeah. I've had, I yeah. still have that wallet and it still looks exactly like how I did it the first day. And that was like five years ago. So. Say that was a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a while. Well, that was like one of the first ones where I'm like, that was oh one God, of the first. Paint. That was the first Chanel, Chanel one that I did, and I got so <laughs> many messages. People, were, it was like sacrilegious that I died the <laughs> Chanel wallet. They're like, how could you die the Chanel wallet? <laughs> sorry, guys. And I was oh like, I'm God. so sorry. It looks so good though. It is just, but it was definitely, it was one of those things where it was like, oh my gosh, he's actually going to yeah. do it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think I was going to do it either. And I was just like, oh, I really want a black wallet. I don't want to use it pink. And it was like really dirty. And I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was, it was like a really, really dyed, hot so. pink too. It was yeah, like, it you was could see like, it from space pink. I was like, oh man, <laughs> this isn't going to work out. So. <laughs> I love that wallet. I still use it to this day. I use it like almost every day for a year nonstop, and it still looks like that. Good to know. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Is there a rehab that like you won't go near? Like I know I have certain ones where I'm just like, I don't think I can do this. I've got to stitch things, and I'm not about that. Like I would have to bring it somewhere. Like, is there anything that you stay away from when it comes to rehabbing? Um, I don't repair anything that's fabric. Yeah, but yeah, I will dye fabric. Like, I will mm-hmm. dye fabric, but like I have no clue how to like 
if I like try to like you know like there's people that can match the stitching or whatever of the fabric yeah. and it just looks exactly like it like those mm-hmm. on TikTok. I'm keep referring to TikTok because I'm obsessed now but <laughs> there's like people that can like let me patch up this hole in this sweater and then it literally looks like it was never there like I couldn't do yeah. anything I feel like that's like way too much for me but yeah. almost anything I'll try but that's just just that I don't think I like I'm just like going yeah stitching is tough especially with different fabrics like I have two silk shirts um that need repairing and I my mom's pretty good when it comes to sewing and and repairing clothing and even she looked at me and she was like I don't (laughs) think Mm -hmm. I can do this silk is tough and but a lot you know the easiest things that I found is like um if the seam if it breaks like right along the seam that's an easy one oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. right like that stuff's easy we're talking like a um, hole right in the middle or something where it's like you really have to or like you can throw a ring all over the place yeah yeah, that's yeah. tough too. That's definitely tough. But yeah, I've yeah. seen you glue things. I've seen you work on the piping on things. So I know a lot doesn't scare you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are there that's any awesome. products that you would recommend our listeners to try when it comes to rehabbing items that you are like your tried and true, like you use them all the time? Like they want to dabble oh, into yeah. it, but they don't really know what to buy. Yeah. I will, my, one of my, my favorite conditioner is the Cadillac Blue and True Leather Lotion. I literally mm-hmm. always tell everyone about that one. That's my fave. Yep. And then yeah. I also, <laughs> I also really like the Kiwi line of shoe cleaning products. I feel like I really like those and they're really accessible. Um, the cleaning foam, I think is fantastic. And then just the black shoe dye is a godsend. It's like, honestly, like one of the best products ever. Um, but yeah, I feel like as long as you have a good conditioner and then just for like black bags, that black, um shoe leather leather shoe or black <laughs> shoe dye shoe polish oh gosh, for leather yeah don't get the polish though don't get the polish make mm-hmm. sure it says dye because the, yeah. the bottles yeah. look exactly the same don't get the polish because it'll rub off and i've done that good. before <laughs> yeah i've totally I've done that the too. wrong one before too like it's like right next to it and not even paying attention so mm-hmm. always pay attention when you're buying it but those yeah. are like those are like my favorite products i always tell everyone to get them but um for brands that are just fantastic in terms of like if you're gonna delve more into the mm-hmm. repairs angelus is one of my favorites yeah. um Phoebe's is good too but yeah. yeah i have angelus products i've had good luck with yeah. them when it comes to rehabbing yeah. they're 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 good and they have a, a wide range of colors too which is really nice mm-hmm. yeah and what's great too is they have certain colors that match exactly already so you already yeah. know that they're just gonna match yeah yeah that's perfect. Yeah. And I know most of these things, um, you know, if wherever you guys are, most of them, you can even find them on Amazon. So it's definitely yeah. accessible, right? Most of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So no, definitely. So what's your favorite handbag though? I know you have different ones every once in a while, but what, what is, is your favorite, favorite handbag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't pick one. So if you can, good for if you. If you can't pick I one. I know. <laughs> I can't pick one. My, I, I'm really love like the, these. I was going to say, I, I see have, a Louis back like, there. Like I have uh, this one it's like one oh, of my oh is, is that chanel this is the mm-hmm. uh, chanel and this is like a denim i'm usually i'm like not into fabric bags but this mm-hmm. one is like the the denim one it's like this huge oversized one I mm-hmm. forget the size, but this one's one of my faves and i'm obsessed with um with loave right now so i have like a bunch of the puzzle mm-hmm. bags because they're my favorite but wow. this one i got at the goodwill for seven dollars mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I literally have a sticker inside of it because I will never take it off. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I'm going to use something that I got at the thrift store, like a bag or something, I always leave the little price thing inside. I and love that. As a the little house, reminder. Like house, yeah. I want to know how much I got it for so I can show people. It's like, oh my gosh, that's exactly that. like what my grandmother used to do. She would like, she would say like, oh, it's this much, but guess how much I got it for? Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So like, always oh, so funny the like, sale tags. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how different the, our thrift stores are because out here you would never find a Chanel bag just sit like it, it wouldn't even be behind the counter like it like it just wouldn't happen and it's just so yeah, wild. That was, this was from like back in the day like well this now, is true like, too <laughs> yeah now they're like a little bit more crazy with like mm-hmm. trying to put all that stuff um on their auction site you know shop with well right yeah but some that. stuff still like falls through the cracks mm-hmm. oh and, yeah. and a good tip too for like any thrifters or whatever um find out where the pickup location is for your goodwill for the auction sites because stuff that doesn't sell usually goes out on the floor in those stores or if like no one ever picks it up the items so like all that good stuff that they have that they have that doesn't sell will go out there so that is good and it's usually the flagship store of whatever state or city you're in Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. We got to figure out what the flagship flagship store is. Got to figure out which one that is. I don't know if we have, we must have one. Every state must have one. Yeah. You have have one goodwill though in Rhode Island. So process. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Forget that one. I'm talking about Massachusetts. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) If you, um, if you like, if you go to the auction site, just look Mm -hmm. up like, um, it says like a pickup or whatever. Just find out where (gasps) the address is usually going to be the store. Because they so usually smart. send it all okay. to like one spot, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. all the time. But yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'll have to do that so I can figure out where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I can't pick one bag that's my favorite. Like the Chanel boy bag, I love that bag. You know, that's like everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. I love, but I'm a big Chloe fan too. Like a Chanel is a dream, but. I love my Chloe. I love me all too. my Chloe bags. You mm-hmm. know, there's just something about a Chloe that makes me really happy. I'm, I like Celine, but it's not, it, it's, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I don't like mm-hmm. Birkins. Don't come at me, but I don't like them. I don't like them. It's very big. <laughs> I, I just feel like I wouldn't be able to carry a Birkin because I like a crossbody. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I love a crossbody it, too. Like, on my shoulder or a crossbody. Like, mm, like I would love to have one. But like, on display. I don't know if, how much I would actually use. Right, like I would have it like in a glass box. It would be like, on, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Like, don't touch this. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy when I find a really nice vintage Coach bag and I can keep it for myself for a little bit and then flip it and sell it once I'm mm-hmm. done with it. There's just and there's so many different kinds. Like if I want a mini Coach, if I want a big satchel or something, like mm-hmm. that's usually my go-to when I'm at the thrift store. It's usually what I'm gravitating towards because I just really yeah. like leather bags. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It doesn't even have to be a designer. I just like it. I just like a good leather bag. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Oh, just goodness. We we could definitely talk about handbags all day. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. 
but we know, oh my gosh, Adrian, you, you've done so much too, more, just, just not even just handbags. I know like, um, obviously, yes, we want to talk about like your selling platforms, but I just wanted to quickly bring up like your home decor and how you have done <laughs> such an amazing job when you're Thank like, you. look at this table, look at this tablescape. Like I swear, like every night at dinner at your house, it must be like a five-star restaurant because <laughs> I, know. I just see like all the plates stack up and the beautiful water glasses and you're like and this is the the tiffany you know glass like vase that i found and these are the william sonoma plates that i found like where did that passion for home decor kind of come from because i feel Mm -hmm. like you do such a great job and you have such a great eye to find pieces you you know and and put them all together too i again again because my mom she told me to work at pottery barn didn't know anything about furniture didn't know i I feel like until I started like working in these places, I didn't know anything about anything. I was just like, mm-hmm. other than like reading books, like that was like the only thing I really did. I was just such like a little nerdy kid. Like <laughs> I, I would just like go home and I like, do my homework. And like, I would, instead of playing video games all night, even though I did play video games sometimes, my parents would have to tell me to go to sleep and stop reading because I would literally be reading until like that was me. Like, <laughs> like I had like a little book light that I wanted for Christmas. <laughs> I wanted to read at nighttime in my room because my parents would so know I was cute. reading if the light was on, so I can like secretly <laughs> read, you know. But um, I I got into like the home decor once I started working at Pottery Barn, and then um, that's just kind of like I just kind of like learned just from being there and mm-hmm. because they kind of forced me into doing decorating classes oh, because like I, see. I don't know mm-hmm. if they still do it but like back in the day like they used to do um like once a month there was a pottery barn decorating class and we had different themes how to do tablescapes how to do a floral bouquet how to mm-hmm. decorate for Christmas um whatever so then I just like okay like this is kind of fun and then that yeah then I just become obsessed yeah, yeah. And do you do you sell any hard goods or is that just whenever you're in the hard goods section or you're just I looking always, for yourself? I always say that I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I will sell stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just like hoard it because I just like to change <laughs> out the decorations all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how many plates I have. It is really, really bad. I have so <laughs> many plates. I have so many mugs. Oh my god, me like too. Mu- I can't oh. stop. And like, it's so much easier to like store plates than it is to store mugs. And I have a gazillion, especially like those anthropology letter mugs because I'm trying to collect, I'm trying to thrift the whole alphabet. I was going to ask you, have you thrifted the whole alphabet yet? I remember you saying that. I'm so close. (laughs) Like, I think I only need like five more letters, but like at first I was like, I want to be able to um, to spell out it's Adrian like on my Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I once that was accomplished, I was like, okay, I need to get all the letters of the alphabet. But I don't know, some letters are impossible to find. Like I don't think I'm ever going to find an X or a Z. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I, I refuse to buy them at the store. Like I know I could. No. But it's like you a mission. It's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the hard, I have so like, I'm, I'm like a staging company in the garage. I have oh. so many. I have like extra vases. I have stools. I have side tables. I have chairs. I, you need an auction at your house. Yeah. Or like maybe you could like start a home I decor know. business I, or I something. Just start right? selling. I, I know I should start selling it. And yeah. I, I just need to. You I will do local pickups. But oh, I don't I hate local pickups. 
I know, but you could totally do it. I guess. I don't know. I don't like doing anything local no. either. I just it's either yeah. free or it's not happening. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I want to deal with it. <laughs> I know I'm the same way, but I I recently got started into home goods because we moved into a new house and it's and because I thrift all the time, it's kind of been like one of the things that I enjoy doing. Like I'll go to the thrift store and in my mind, I'm like, I'm not looking at anything to resell. I'm just going to go in and just search the home goods section and buy things for like myself for my house to start furnishing different yeah. rooms yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And those days I go into the thrift store without the mentality of like having to find things to source to then list and sell are the days I have the most fun in the thrift store because it's just yeah. like. I, there's no I'm just going in I'm just having no fun pressure. I'm just a regular <laughs> customer yeah. you know what I mean um, mm-hmm. and I found some really fun you know accent pieces and paintings and I've re um I've like rehabbed and painted different wall decor like I didn't like the way the frame looked so I grabbed some paint and I you know changed it up to match the color that I wanted for my home and it's been it's been fun to go through that process because I don't sell home goods and I don't think I ever will it's not mm-hmm. something that I want to do but to find it for myself yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I love showing people what I got at the thrift store. I'm like, I got this table at the thrift store. Like that <laughs> dining table that, that we have is like my yeah. favorite find. And then mm-hmm. it was already by itself, it was like a over $3,000 dining table from Pottery Barn. And That's then crazy. like we um we got a, like when we moved into this house and we were getting our countertops done um we were like how much would it be to put a countertop on this table because we've always wanted like a marble dining table yeah. and we yeah. were almost gonna like just like buy a new one but then I was like I really like the base of this table mm-hmm. so we just mm-hmm. put a top on it and then we were able to like customize the size of the top so it's like fits perfectly mm-hmm. in our dining room and the amazing and we did this quartz top that looks like marble yeah so saving some, some money <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, yeah, like, um, my nephews, I thrifted a table recently. It's, like, a round table. It had mm-hmm. a wood top, but it needed, like, some repairs. Contact paper. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, marble was that the, the white the white one yeah. that you? Yeah, that I recently just did for Valentine's Day. I, I feel yeah. like such a stalker. I'm, like, hearing you talking. Yeah, and Jen's like, yeah, like I, I watched all of your yeah, stories. Yeah, I know. I'm, already- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, feeling such a stalker because I, like, the- know everything about you. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that's I already saw it. Yeah, it looked great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I'm like, it's yeah, so hey, funny. you don't know me and your mom. We chat all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, people DM her all the time. It's really cute. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So I do follow her like, page. Her I do follow her like, cooking page. Yeah. Asking for like recipes and da da da. It's like really cute. So she loves yeah. it. It's really fun. I love that. <laughs> So <laughs> she goes, she's like oh so and so was like DMing me about this dressing and she's, and she's like so excited it's so cute oh, it's so cute that's it's so cute little things mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to transition right into selling platforms so mm-hmm. at Evernorth Health Services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com wonder um i think that as a general rule it's good to 
like have an open mind in different places that you can sell items and the possibilities that exist within outside of like the traditional eBay, Poshmark, Macari, whatever it is too. Mm -hmm. And finding those platforms that work well for your business and the items that you Mm -hmm. sell. Because I feel like that's a big part of reselling is figuring out where you kind of fit in when it comes to different platforms this or is millions also, of platforms. Or also making your own opportunities too, right? Yes, like we yes. recently were speaking to um, Paula, right? Yep. Um, and she does Facebook like mm-hmm. lives, right? And she goes mm-hmm. in and she sells on Facebook. And that was mm-hmm. something I had never heard of or anything. So it's just, it's also about like creating those opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, yeah. Danielle, sorry. <laughs> so, no, no, it's okay. That was a good point to reference the last episode, but- where do you find that you tend to sell on more? Is there certain platforms that you just gravitate towards because it fits the clientele that you're looking for? Like, how do you navigate that as a seller? For me, like, I feel like um, the way Loaded I question selling is like, it's like so different from like how other resellers kind of started because I never like was going to like start reselling anything until yeah. people were like oh like can I buy this from you and now it's like my full-time job which is crazy and I love it but um the reason that I first got onto Depop was because it had the lowest selling fees and the thing for me was that I already had kind of like the built-in um audience I guess mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. I was just like oh go to my Depop and then people are always like how do you sell handbags on Depop like that's so weird like the people don't buy handbags there and I'm like yeah but then you know, people from my channel just go there to shop. And then, but now like I find like a lot of people just have been buying there in general. So I feel like more people are like buying handbags and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. the also like the algorithm or whatever that's on Depop is like a little bit more different from like other places. Cause they'll mm-hmm. prioritize like more like, like, I don't know, like more aesthetics or oh, okay. um, they have like those keywords that are important too but then um they'll run promotions where if you discount like a certain amount then you're automatically get taken to the top of the search or you'll be promoted more on on like the for you page or whatever so uh, it's it's a little different but that's the reason that I got on Depop and Mm -hmm. for a while like that was my only platform that I was selling on Mm -hmm. and then um once the like the pandemic hit and then I got onto Clubhouse and then people were always talking about like doing like live sales like they want to do live sales but uh, live sales on Instagram live sales on Facebook I was like I want to do a live sale mm-hmm. and then, and then yeah. now I'm just like primarily like I, I try to list on Depop I haven't really listed that much mm. recently which is really bad but <laughs> I've just been like at like focusing all my energy and time like into the live sales because I do do them like twice a week and then um what's great about doing the live sales too is that the live like the videos live on YouTube so -hmm. then people can shop your sale for for the time that it's online like if unless I take it down like people can still see it and then people will be able to like message me or DM me like people will still message me from a video from like three months ago asking if it's really? available yeah so oh. I'm like still able to like sell like the older items as well and I'll, I'll carry over items too I'll, okay. I'll usually yeah. typically like if something doesn't sell like in one sale um you I think like 
five is usually my max of times I'm going to show an item until I, I, I retire it or whatever. Yeah. And then I try to list it somewhere else mm-hmm. or I'll bring it back later on. Or if I do like a sale, like a, like a sale sale on my life sales, mm-hmm. where I discount things like 50% from what they mm-hmm. originally were when I was selling them, then I'll bring them back for those. So so do fascinating. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you find that your sell through rate on items is greater by doing these live sales because mm-hmm. you have such an audience for it? Or do you think it's the same? Like, what are your thoughts? Are you finding that you're like, pro- like you're not processing, you're processing things mm-hmm. that are going and you're like constantly mm-hmm. rebuilding that? Um, My sell through rate is just, I think it's, now I have to think about it. Because um, before, like, like listing just takes a long time, you know, and like it's time Mm -hmm. consuming. Yeah, it's time consuming. And now it's like, um, like on my Saturday sales, when I do the lives on Saturdays, I will thrift on Saturday just for the sale at night, and then all those items are just like pretty much just like new items. And Mm -hmm. then I don't even have to, I don't have to photograph them. I don't have to list them. And then Mm -hmm. I won't. I don't even like condition them or clean them when I show the items so I'll be like like um now I'm at the point where like I'm going to show you the item like look at this I don't know like look at this little handbag whatever like mm-hmm. it's not cleaned or conditioned but I will clean it and condition it by the time you get it and like at this point like people will trust that it's going to look fantastic right so then I'm like I spent such little time like having to do all that stuff so like my sell-through rate for um items that I show is anywhere between I want to say like 75 percent that's really wow, good that's amazing yeah. that's, that's really good. good yeah so like think yeah usually like the things that I get within a month like that I show in a month like 75 percent of it will sell wow that's typically. amazing that's amazing and wow. then yeah especially then like during like peak time like mm-hmm. oh, almost everything will sell so wow it's that's, crazy. that's really like how, crazy like yeah I think there's something about live sales that really intrigues people because I know that I watch them sometimes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I watch yours when I'm awake because there's a three hour difference. I know, know. but I end up watching them like the next day or something because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm asleep usually. Um, And there's just something intriguing about wanting to see what's next, like like watching the person Mm -hmm. bring up that next item, the next. You you never know what it's going to be, and like hearing about it and all that. There's just an intrigue when it comes to that, and I think right mentioned when with the pandemic and everything more and more people were doing live sales and it's become more mm-hmm. of a I guess a norm to, to see someone just sell something like live right now with yeah. you mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah and, and plus like sometimes all people go into like bidding wars for items yeah oh man I didn't know that wow yeah. <laughs> so like if more than one person is interested in an item I usually be like if more than one person is interested in something and everyone that's interested is willing to do it then we can do a bidding war and then we'll go up in increments of whatever they want so Gotcha. Gotcha. That's interesting. So, so then how do you handle, so when you get like, just out of curious, so when you finish the sale, right? So Saturday's done everything. So you go through, do you go through like Venmo, PayPal? Do you send out invoices? Yeah. So I kind of like when I first started, it was such a hot mess because like, you know, it's just like starting. Uh, I was doing everything by myself, but Mm -hmm. now I have someone that helps me, which is fantastic. So when I'm doing the lives, I have someone in my ear 
and they like a virtual assistant pretty much and yeah. they um will send out the invoices as soon as someone buys something the invoice is sent out wow, and then nice. um usually like everything is sent out within the within 15 minutes of the live ending because a lot of people will be like oh just like hold on to the item like hold on like I'm gonna hold off paying until the live ends. So they only have to like pay one, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. And they want to see everything. Times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now too, I do this thing where um, for shipping, I do like if for one item, um, it's like fifteen dollars for shipping, and then I'll do up to five items for fifteen dollars, and then after that, it's five dollars per item. So I have people that will tell me just hold on to their items until they they reach the five item limit or whatever or if they want me to ship it out we'll ship it out right away wow um but so I have someone that does everything now so they will send out the invoices for me um they ship out for me which is amazing so I have more time to focus on like rehabbing things fixing them up and then like then I give it to them and then they will ship it out for me and it just like makes everything so much easier that I don't have to do everything by myself and I can really focus on doing the lives and then just yeah so um usually within if they don't pay within like that night of the lives unless they let me know like something happened to their card or paypal or whatever then um that item is free game again for the next live or the next person that's interested in it mm-hmm. uh, and i'll everything i do is through paypal invoices so paypal invoices are what um gets sent out unless they like mm-hmm. want to buy it like if they want if they let me know that they want to buy it on like um posh or mercari because they want to use their credits or whatever then that's fine too then I'll list it for them but typically everything is um on PayPal that's so smart to have Mm -hmm. someone moderating for you and kind of gathering that information and letting you know like hey you know we've we've got a buyer or you know there's a lot of interest on this Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like going. I I think that's really great and then to have someone send that stuff off that's actually Mm -hmm. moderating all that stuff so you're not sitting there having to go back into the live and because it's so easy to forget or like not write something down right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus it takes away too from like your, I don't want to say like your style, yeah. but like, right. Because you're, you're, you're I'm not just like trying right? to like do all this stuff at the yeah. same time. Then mm-hmm. it just keeps the flow yes. of the live going. So there's no like awkward silence. I'm just like trying to like type or like do something. <laughs> that's so. true. Which can that's be true. distracting too. So yeah. that, that's good. Yeah. But I think that you said it really best, like where it's like, it literally is like a QVC, right? So it is like mm-hmm. the production of it all because you want it to be flowing. And I don't think we think about, like, I know I wasn't thinking about that. You know, when you think about doing live sales about the production value that does go behind mm-hmm. it, you know, showing the bag, making sure you have the right lighting, you know, turning it, opening it, doing all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, maybe showing it on your shoulder, right? To give a mm-hmm. size perspective, for example. Yeah. So it makes sense for you to have like a, and I'm using air quotes, like a production team, Right to really mm-hmm. help you to get through all of that other stuff so that you can focus on, you know, showing the bag, showing the product and being present, mm-hmm. right? For all the people yeah. that are there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what a great way to move inventory too. Because I feel like a lot of people um, struggle sometimes that like, well, these pieces just aren't moving and I have it listed on these different platforms and maybe live sales is a way for you to go yeah. and, 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 and see it because it brings a different audience, especially on YouTube because people search, like there's a live button that you can click and it shows you everyone that's live right now. And you can put like a keyword in of what it is you're looking for. And it just brings a different audience to you too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. International, national. I mean, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. I've even started, um, I've done it a couple of times where I actually bring someone in to the live with me and they can also mm-hmm. sell too. 
Oh, that's so, so smart. That's so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been fun. Like I had my friend V um, and she's like sold stuff too. Like she'll sell some handbags or she likes to sell, she likes to sell squishmallows. Oh, um, so, okay. Which is so cute. Though, oh, and, yeah, like, V, people, I know like, who you're talking about. That. You know V, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know V. Queen. <laughs> yeah. So she's, I think she's been in like two or three of them. And it's been pretty, it's working out pretty well. So I think I want to like, see if I can do that more often. It's just like sometimes it's just like a little like, um, just like kind of figuring out the logistics of like how yes. to like navigate with someone mm-hmm. else. Cause it's like, but like now it's like kind of like, now that I've done it, like, three times it's kind of like a lot easier yeah yeah thinking about bringing in more people I think would be kind of fun to like have new new faces tell me and I'll do it yeah if you guys want to do it it'll be really fun (laughs) oh yeah sale oh my gosh that would be be fun fun. I've never done a live sale before but I feel like I just like you could curate what it is that you want to show people Mm -hmm. and get them excited about it like these are some of the pieces that I'm going to be featuring like I just think there's an element of excitement that people get with that. And they log in just to, just to see too, like, Oh, I wonder what else she has. You know, I really like that piece mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. And it's a good opportunity to um, differentiate your pricing too, which I think is really great because on certain platforms, you kind of have to maintain a certain price point for pieces because yeah. of fees and like all that stuff that goes into it. Right. Yeah, or with the last sale, you're directly selling to the consumer. So you can less is coming out of your pocket. All that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah. And I love to do like flash sales too, which I did like at the end of um, last year, like in December, I did like, huge, like just to get rid of like old stale inventory that I literally have had for like years and years, like even like mm-hmm. some items I had from like five years ago. And I'd sell things for like 10, 15, $20 just to like get yeah, it out. Just oh, man, get I it out. This forever. I totally forgot <laughs> that I even had it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I had like boxes sitting in the garage when I first moved here into this house and like and I was like oh man I still have this I was like I don't even want to list this like I'm just gonna get rid of it you know I've had this for so long and it totally worked out like I sold so much stuff like and I sold like as is I sold to a lot of like um a lot of people Mm -hmm. that watch lives too like to do their own handbag rehabs which is how they know me so I'm like, yeah. oh, like these are all sold as is, like easy rehabs, like things that I bought, like I would have rehabbed myself. I'm just like, I don't want to do it because it's so much right now. Right. So it's fun. It's so fun. And things like just get moving like really quickly. And then you can reinvest that money into the pieces that you really, at, at this present yeah. moment that you currently want mm-hmm. to rehab and purchase and sell kind of thing, which I think is really great. I think it's a good way to look at stale inventory or inventory that just doesn't do it for you anymore it's been sitting for mm-hmm. a long time like mm-hmm. sell it for whatever you can sell it for and then reinvest that money into the piece mm-hmm. that you really, yeah. really want yeah so it's, it was fantastic and i, know, no, I love all, i love live selling now it's like my favorite and i'm so lazy to like listen photographing like, oh, <laughs> well that's what i, I need, like, to outsource that. you i need to yeah. outsource that too <laughs> <laughs> and you but can but you know what it's it true. is with the live mm-hmm. sale when you get so used to it like you you're not doing any extra work. Like you don't have to factor that time into the yeah, piece as much, so much, right? Like, and you have to like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially because like you have to like clean it, condition it, get it like picture perfect ready. Nope. And like right. that thing, like that item, like you don't know how long it's going to sell and how long, like how long it's going to take to sell and it might just stay. And then you just kind of like, you like kind of wasted that time doing it and it's just like sitting. Whereas like at the live sale, like I'm like, I'm not lucky though that people like, will trust me that I'm going to fix it up and clean it up before they yes. get it, you mm-hmm. know? So like, I'm not even like spending that time fixing an item until I am going to send it out. 
until yeah. you know you're yeah. like okay it, it, you yeah. know, I sold it now I have to actually mm-hmm. spend the time to do it but you're getting a return mm-hmm. right away right yeah as opposed yeah. to doing all the work up front and and that mm-hmm. is really neat because it's almost like you can have a revolving door of inventory now coming in mm-hmm. right like a steady stream because mm-hmm. I know yeah. like in your YouTube channel um it seems that you go to the thrift stores almost every day am I right it seems or- like- don't lie yeah. don't lie <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I only thrift on the weekends. Really? So I, I, yeah. Movie, unless, movie like, magic. Um, movie magic. Unless, yeah. That's why if you like when you watch my videos, I'm literally wearing the same thing in every video. Mm-hmm. It's because I only went thrifting those two days. Then I went home, gotcha. and then like mm-hmm. I will film my hauls usually all at once, because mm-hmm. I only thrift Fridays and Saturdays, and then uh, oh no, Saturdays and Sundays, and then Sunday night I'll try to film the hauls. Yeah. And like, yeah, everything is just filmed all at once. And that way, like, I'm just editing one video a day and then I'm putting that up onto YouTube. So the people also will shop the, like, the regular videos as well. So, like, if you want <laughs> anything, like, let me know. Yeah. But yeah. But usually, like, those videos are like later, like, they don't go out for like a few weeks because I have like so much, like, um, stuff already like recorded. backlog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then a lot of those times, like, those items are already sold, which is kind of a bummer, but. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I've noticed that <laughs> I've noticed that too since I've been on YouTube that so I'm not like I don't necessarily like filming hauls. That's like I, I do it because I know people like it, right? But I've also noticed that the more that I do it or the more curated my hauls become, the more people reach out to me saying, Hey, that piece that you showed in your haul, what size or like if, if tell them the size, can you just measure it for me really quick? Like, have you listed it yet? I went to your Poshmark closet, I didn't see it there. So like yeah. it does generate that business. <laughs> um, in, in a different way, you know, it's not live, but it does generate the business for you. And it kind of makes me get my act together and be like, Oh, people are asking about this piece. I probably should like get myself in gear and Mm -hmm. post it or do what I need to do with it kind of thing. But it is, it is interesting how people look to those halls as a way to shop as well. And that's not the way that I thought about it at first. At first I was like, it's just people sitting down, sharing the things that they found, like not Mm -hmm. exciting to me. But then when I really started doing them and getting the feedback, I was like, oh, people actually want to shop these things that Mm -hmm. I'm putting out. Like before I did the live sales, I used to do um, like, I just record like, like I'm doing like a sale, a handbag sale video. And then these are all the new things I just listed on Depop. So I would just like show the bag, like I was doing a live sale, but be like, this is what the bag looks like. This is what it looks on, this is what's inside, <laughs> like all that stuff. And then I'll just have like the link at the bottom to go to the Depop store. And that's what I used to do um, before I did the live sales. And that was actually really good too. Like that had a really good selfie rate also. But then again, mm, just, like all the time, okay. I spent, spent so much time like filming and then like, photographing listing and all that stuff like it actually took like a lot of time but that was actually like a pretty good way to do especially like if you're like for someone who's like kind of like shy to do a live I was just gonna say that Mm -hmm. like like Mm -hmm. that like it totally works out because just like filming like a regular video but then it's yeah it's like 
kind of getting your feet wet into it, which I think is. You could like set it as a mm-hmm. premiere and then you're in the chat mm-hmm. and it's like a live sale, but no, it's yeah, pre-recorded. True. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there and kind of guiding it that way. So now you're taking away the element of the live sale where you have to focus on the chat and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It, it, You know what's in that video mm-hmm. and you kind of can have a game plan by just being in the chat and being there for the premiere. That's actually really, a really good way of doing it too. Yeah. Yeah. So many, so many ways to sell. That's, that's well, the, the thing. thing I know? mean, selling mm-hmm. doesn't have to be on just one, like it doesn't have to be on a, it, you don't have to be on eBay. You don't have to be on Depop or whatever. Like there's so many creative ways so that you can sell ways. things, you know? And I think that's what this conversation really is about is Hadrian's kind of found his way of selling mm-hmm. items and being mm-hmm. successful at it and having a good sell through rate and, and knowing like what his customers want and what his bottom line is all these different items and I mean, rehabbing is obviously something that you enjoy doing, but yeah. mm-hmm. I just think it, it puts you in this niche that you're, that you're not only good at, but you're comfortable at doing it too. And it makes it easier for you and your buyer in the process. Right. Right. Which is great. And like you said, in the end, less work up front, you know, and then less fees too, more money in your pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. That's always good. That yeah. is always good. So what's funny too, is I'll get people that want to buy the bag as is. They'll be like, Oh, don't fix it. Like I have, um, a couple of people like, that love okay. to rehab the coach bag <laughs> yeah. and they're like no don't touch it like I will do it and I'm like okay <laughs> perfect <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah. So, it's, no yeah, it's fantastic. like I have um, someone she lives in New Zealand and she buys bags <gasps> for me all the time especially like she's a vintage coach collector and rehabber mm. so she and she does such a good job oh my gosh I'm like you should help me you did such a good job <laughs> but yeah she just used them for herself she loves doing it and she's always like don't touch the bag I want to do it I'm like okay great yeah so, my want, yeah mm-hmm. some people don't even want them rehabbed at all I've, I've had a couple people reach out to me they're like don't touch it at all I don't, I'm just gonna leave it vintage the way that it is like yeah, I want it to like look old yeah right? the warning mm-hmm. like that like the yeah they like the look I like it too I love like bags that like look like they've been used and like I have this Chanel bag. Hold on, let me show you this one. Oh, hey, you with one? the Chanel bags. I'm coming over and I'm getting <laughs> like, it. Like, look at this one. It's like so like squishy. Oh, oh but I this love is, it. Right? Like it's so fantastic. This is a um a single flap, a single flap jumbo. Mm-hmm. Is it a 1980s? Like, it looks like a 1980s. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. But it's just like so like floppy. It's just like, like yeah, so I just, just butter, like, love right? It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I finally just re-dyed it because like I left it like kind of like dry looking <laughs> I kind of liked it yeah yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah I just like recently like dyed it and I love it so I don't know yeah good luck well, trying like to buy one of those today brand new <laughs> so crazy <laughs> Chanel oh, and their pricing that's true that is true oh my gosh well I feel like I've learned so much here I'm like this yeah. is this has been a lot a lot of fun um you know, just learning all about handbags and obviously like, you know, just like the thrill and the joy of thrifting, right. Too, when it comes to like finding the items that you want in your home. And and then also, you know, how you work with like Depop and your live sales and you've really figured out, like you said, niches for you. It seems like with your reselling journey, Hadrian, it's all always just been about like your way and how it's just fallen in your lap and you take that and you run with it, you know, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> your story is very unique. And I think that's mm-hmm. the best part of, of it all is like, you yeah. didn't have intentions of doing any of this. You just kind of fell into it and loved it and then realized, oh, I can make money off of this. And now it's your full-time gig, which is awesome, which is not probably where you thought this was all going to go. Oh that's yeah. True. No, no, nowhere close. Like, I went to school for 
science. Um, I, my, I always majored in cell and developmental biology. So yeah. I was going to go to med school. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to go to med school. So <laughs> <laughs> totally different direction. Yeah. Uh, but so let's end with this one question. We ask a lot of people this question, but like, where do you see yourself in the future in reselling or, you know, where, or where do you see the future of reselling going in general? Like if you don't know where you're going to be with reselling in the future, like where do you see reselling going? Well, I, I feel like reselling is just like growing even like it's, it's already huge now. I just see mm-hmm. it like coming even bigger, like more and more people are getting into it. Yep. The thing though is, are those people going to stay in reselling? Like a lot of people will dabble, you know? I, yeah. um, I honestly thought I was just going to like resell, like I was just going to like sell a couple things and it turned into a couple years. And now it's just like, I, I just see myself like doing more live sales. I just want to do, I think I can, I, I see myself kind of moving into more luxury mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. items. Um, I've been kind of like moving into more like, um getting more slowly into like more Chanel stuff and I've been doing a lot of like wallets like starting small and then but it's just been amazing so I definitely see myself just like growing my um online reselling business and Mm -hmm. YouTube channel hopefully um we can grow that more and I don't know I don't know what the future holds, but I know, right? I just know. <laughs> I just know that I'm still going to be thrifty. That's all. That's all. I'm right? <laughs> yeah, that's I'll not changing. No, that'll yeah. never change. I think once that is ingrained in you, it's really, really hard to get away from that. You know, especially when you go to like a regular retail store and you're just like, I'm not paying oh. this. <laughs> oh god, I haven't bought anything retail in so long. I haven't bought anything retail in a long, long time. And like, yeah, no. like you know. Mm-hmm. I love that you want to go the Chanel route too. Cause, and I think that's so smart if you want to get into the luxury space because of how untouchable they're becoming now price point wise, like mm-hmm. to be a person that has a collection of Chanel selling it at whatever price point it is you decide to sell it at that mm-hmm. it's rehabbed. It's been loved. And, you know, like, I just think Thank there's a collector yeah. audience for that because it is getting mm-hmm. more and more difficult to attain those luxury pieces. Just today, Louis Vuitton just announced that they're increasing their prices as well. So I think it's just going to be course. a trend we're going to see in the luxury market regardless. Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely mm-hmm. well that's exciting this stuff fun. this was a lot of fun I feel like I need to like hit up a sale soon or something <laughs> the only problem is I'm I just need anywhere. to fly out to where you guys are so I can yeah. find oh I know the luxury pieces I know Hadrian I have to come up to Orange County sometime because I moved back to San Diego so I have to get up there sometime maybe oh we can gosh, go yeah, thrifting or not that far. it's not mm-hmm, and like so we don't even have to go thrifting we can go and like have lunch or and then go thrifting I'll just we'll I'll thrifting just be jealous sure. here in Rhode Island I'm just gonna wave <laughs> oh, far we'll away <laughs> yeah we'll FaceTime you we'll FaceTime yeah, when yeah. you're there yeah, I'll spirit. eat my lunch here <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, Jean, thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us and talking about your journey and just sharing, just sharing everything with all of yes. us. I'm sure our listeners are going to love this and make sure everyone checks out Hadrian's lives. We're going to put all his information in the show notes down mm-hmm. below. So you guys can check out his live sales that he does on the weekend. I'll link his YouTube channel, his Instagram, and also never be afraid to reach out to Hadrian. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. He's very responsive yes. and he's very kind. He's a very kind individual in our community. So never be afraid to reach out to him. 
<laughs> All right, everyone. Yep. We will talk to you next time. Thank you, Bye. everyone. Bye.